community and welcome to another episode of the pocket podcast series today we are looking at the sydney swans and joining me is patch how you doing mate damo i'm good i'm very very good my friend how are you not too bad must feel weird being out of the hosting chair not all that weird um, you've been doing a stellar job across these podcasts and across the the summer with the bbl stuff so you're uh, you're more than happy to drive this ship um, through through to safe waters of hopefully the the solid super coach output that Sydney will provide for us this year. Maybe fingers crossed. And speaking the of the front. BBL content, we've also got Azza. How are you, mate? I am fantastic as always. Good to be here with you, legends of the Jock Reynolds community. So just to recap, we go through the locks, the knocks, the bolters, the breakouts, the rookies, the traps, and the passes. Some of these headings do overlap, but that's okay. We're here to help you, and hopefully our explanations mean more than the headings that these players are pocketed into by ourselves. We'll start with the locks. Azza, I'll go to you. Who have you got? Oh, oh, oh. oh, look, I think for me, this is a fairly easy one. Fairly safe lock it is the Seagull, Jake Lloyd. He is the number one. Def- <laughs> he is the number one defender uh, by an absolute margin. He averaged 122.2 last season, which is absolutely phenomenal for a defender. We haven't seen that for such a long time. Um, and if you look at really more Deaky, you know, digging deep into those stats across his last 50 games he's averaged 115.98 going above 100 42 out of those 50 occasions now just for a comparison Lockie Neal scored over 100 in 41 of his past 50 games Max Gorn 42 out of his past 50 so that's more than enough for me he is an absolute easy lock and Patch, you? Yep, same as uh, same as Azar. I just he said it all really. I, I don't think uh, Lloyd, you know, keeps his average from last year. I think it dips a little bit, but honestly, he's he, he'll be the the top defensive option by season's end. And I haven't started him before for three or four years, and it's hurt me every single time. I've just locked him in. I haven't had a side without him in all of my tinkering through the preseason. So he's locked away. What about yourself? You've got a you got a different lock. Yeah, well, I there. knew both of you guys would go for Jake Lloyd. So I've gone for someone a little bit different, and I'm going to say Luke Parker. So in terms of total points, Luke Parker is one of the best because he's one of the most durable midfielders in the comp. Only missing four games since 2013. He started 2020 averaging 115.4 over the first five games and ended up averaging 106.6 for the year, only dropping below 70 once. Uh, A slight role change towards the end of last year because of how Sydney were travelling meant he did score less than 86 in four of his final eight games. But 
I don't think he will get that role change as early in the season as he did last year. Interesting. I am amazed at how few games he's missed since 2013. That's phenomenal. And you, you couldn't really ask for more durability than that. But he, he's down as my knock just because I think with the Swans sort of rebuilding and rebounding, I think they'll try and push, you know, a variety of younger mids into the centre bounces, into, you know, into the midfield. And I think Parker might take a bit more of a back step. He won't lose at 21 particular player, I don't think. But I just, I'm not, you know, he, he might he might keep that up. He might keep the role he's had for the last, you know, 10 years of providing, you know, really good super coach output. I just, this season, I'm not, game enough to go with him and maybe look at him as a pod to pick up halfway through the year. But I, I do like him as a pod potentially down the line. Just I'd, I'd be very wary of starting Luke Parker, especially at 570k when you've got a whole bunch of other players that are, you know, 30k more or 30k less. He's kind of in that that weird zone for, for my liking. As a, how do you see Luke Parker? Yeah, I'm I'm um in I, I echo those thoughts and for me uh, it was a similar sort of thought process that went into my knock pick of Josh Kennedy. I think you're hit the nail on the head. There's going to be a lot more youth coming through Sydney's midfield, especially with um Callum Mills being the big one. Um, we saw in the uh, preseason game against GWS that Josh Kennedy played a couple of uh, different roles in the in midfield, whether it was uh, in the inside mid or even at times on the wing. And I reckon that's going to hurt players like Kennedy. Um, Parker did still happen to have the equal most uh, centre bounce attendances in that game at 15. So I think uh, there will be some conjecture about where whether it's going to be Luke Parker or Josh Kennedy that's going to take a bit of a hit in the centres. I'm the, I'm more aligned to go with Josh Kennedy, but I reckon you've got some fantastic arguments there, Patch. And Damo, you, you do as well. And I think for anyone uh, looking for a bit of a different point of uh, difference pick, Parker is a good one to look at. And my knock is Isaac Heaney. As a midfielder, he's one of the best, but as a forward, he's a roller coaster. Uh, 554K, he is a bargain because he, he is well below his usual starting price. He's, but until he's a full-time mid, I don't know if I can select him. But this year's going to be the year, Damo. They've said more midfield time. They've they've said they've pumped him up. He'll he'll be a midfielder again. But they say more midfield time every year. They've said it for five years. It's yeah. No, I'm with you. It's happening. It's don't yeah. One day. Yeah. One day. One day. Maybe. Perhaps when Buddy retires and Logan McDonald actually gives them a, a target up forward, they can kick to that doesn't have to be Isaac Heaney. Maybe. <laughs> We'll move on to the Bolters. Azza, who have you got? Mm. Oh, I think, again, pretty pretty safe pick for me here. Uh, it is Callum Mills. We were just talking about it then, fellas. More midfield time. Well, it's finally here for Callum Mills. He was drafted as a midfielder back in 2015, and he's finally getting the opportunities that he wants in the midfield. We saw some shades of that ability last year in rounds four, eight, and nine, where he attended more than half of the C- uh, centre bounce attendances, and with respective supercoach scores of 112, 110, and 83, it's very tempting for someone to have Callum Mills as their D, uh, D2 or D3. And for me, he is the one that's really bolting into my side just purely because of more midfield time. Mm. 
And Patch, what about you? Callum Mills. I watched some of the the, uh, the practice match between Sydney and at GWS on Saturday, and uh, he was everywhere. He was in the midfield. He was at centre bounces. He was running around all over the place, collecting a whole heap of the footy, and was you know a lot of people's picks is best on. And um, yep, yeah, that's uh, that's enough for me. Especially now looking at the defensive line and thinking, well, we don't have any rookies here. Um, so I, I, yeah, think he'll be a fantastic pick. He, you know, you'd love to pick someone for their breakout year at 450k instead of 550k, but you know, I, I think this is the year Mills does it. I'll need you guys to stay with me here when I talk about my bolter because oh, I've oh, here gone we go. for someone else That's... purely because I knew who both of you would pick. This scares me. <laughs> George Hewitt, if this guy didn't tag, 378K would be an absolute bargain. Ryan Clark did most of their tagging in 2020, probably because it was a mix of Hewitt being injured, but also that Ryan Clark could do it. But if Ryan Clark is to continue to tag and Hewitt is allowed to play his natural game, then he's going to average at least 105. Oh. And that's at least. But we need him not to tag. So I'm going to perform a cardinal sin here and remove a tagging affected score of 31 in 2019. Doing so means he averaged 102. Eight over 13 games in 2019, only going beho- below 90 twice. With the tagging affected score, though, I have done these maths as well, the average drops by five points to 97.7. So... The less he tags, the less accountable he is for someone in the opposition, the more he is going to be able to score. There, Yeah, there is a big... I love George Hewitt. There's a big if there of, you know, if he doesn't tag. And the... Yeah, the, the problem is that Hewitt was very good at tagging when he did it last year. Ryan Clark was slightly less good at tagging. So it depends on, you know, Sydney might do away with that tagging role altogether. It's worth but. noting that Ryan Clark kept Lockie Neal to his worst score of 2020. I mean, that's does, true. But, mm, yeah, as a, what, are your, what are your thoughts? Does George Hewitt's injury concerns worry you at all there, Damo? He has had, um, you know, obviously off most of last season, had back surgery at the back end of last year has been sort of in and out of the training track, hasn't, isn't really up to full 100%. They are still watching his loading. Is that of any concern going into round one? There's always a concern when someone returns from a long-term injury that they are still getting up to fitness or still being managed with their program. But as long as there is signs that he's not going to tag... No, I'm not worried. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. Well, yeah, have to wait and see. I think, yeah, especially that price as well with Haitley and Green and a few others around there. It'd be, it'd be a big risk, but one we might have to take this year, as we'll no doubt unpack in a couple of weeks um, as we start looking at all the um, yeah, all the Marsh, uh, not Marsh series, what are they now? Amy. Wizard Cup. Amy, I don't know. Bring back the Wizard Cup. They keep changing it. Whatever Wizard is. Wizard was Home Loans. Oh, well, they, there you go. Show, it shows how much attention I paid. That, uh, that <laughs> it shows you how mark. long I've been playing this game. Yeah. <laughs> breakouts. Who's everyone's breakout? Patch? Um, well, I mean, I've just kind of said, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, of looking at someone in that sort of mid-ish price range um, in in Sydney's uh, side. And I've gone for someone at 405k in the, you know, prefacing this with, I think that breakout, don't think I'll pick him, but James Rowbottom is someone I'd really enjoyed watching at the back end of last year and think we'll, we'll take another step up and basically I think he'll slide into JPK's role, basically. Um, and this will be the year he starts sort of transitioning in and JPK, JPK starts transitioning out. You know, not enough to necessarily pick him, but he's the one that, you know, if you're in a draft league and he starts sliding, I'd be jumping on him. Um, if you're... You know, going for a mid-price madness and want someone to bolt out of the gates, maybe Robum could be an option. But yeah, I'm I'm slowly talking myself out of him the more I mention him on this podcast. <laughs> so like I, yeah, I don't know. I I don't think there'll be too many bolters from the Swans this year. We kind of know where they are. We know they're rebuilding. Um, Hewitt would be a good one to kind of bolt, but I think Robum's Robum is the one to watch from my mind. Plays a very super coach friendly role too, in that it's a lot of contested possessions. Admittedly, when I was doing my notes for this, I completely forgot about a breakout, but James Rowbottom was the one that came to mind when I had a quick look at the Sydney list. So I do agree with you, Patch. Azza, how about yourself? I'm <laughs> you stole my pick again for Patch, but it looks like we're on the similar sort of wavelengths. I did have um, James Rowbottom down as my breakout pick for this season. I think the stats are all there to show that, yeah, he is ready to move to the next level. And, yeah, I totally agree. He's looking to move into JBK's role um, with additional uh, centre bounce attendances that we saw, especially through 2020. That was on the rise uh, over across the entire um, season. That rose by 21%, which was huge to see. Though, if I'm just put... If I am to put another name down there, in similar vein, Oliver Florence, too, is another one that I'm really keen on. Um, he obviously didn't really do a great deal last year in improving his stats, but I reckon the talent's there and are in a similar vein to Rowbottom. For me, it's going to be one or the other. Rowbottom would probably be my first pick, but very closely followed by Ollie Florence. I'm watching the game on Saturday. Ollie Florence bulked up a bit as well. Like he's mm. just like he's always been a really really skinny kid, and last like you know looks like he's come out over the off season and focused on, you know, putting on a bit of muscle, which I think will, will help a lot in you know making sure it doesn't get knocked off the ball. And you can see the potentials there. Last year he had the what the three tons and then a ninety seven as well in there. Um, so when it all comes together for him, he's incredibly damaging with ball in hand. But yeah, just. I think him bulking up and, and, you know, hitting 70 games now, he should be starting to iron out those inconsistencies. But, yeah, again, I'd I'd be looking very heavily at him in a, at the back end of a draft league, 
but yep. not necessarily um, not necessarily in classic. Rookies. We don't know who's going to be there in round one, um, but who do you think is the best rookie at the Swans, Azza? Cool. This is a tough one because for a lot of the uh, preseason, we were all thinking Will Gould was going to be uh, the absolute lock from Sydney. But for me, I reckon there's been a bit of a, a bit of a change in that. Uh, Errol Goulden, I'm really, really keen on now. Uh, he was really great in uh, the Swans practice match against GWS. Uh, and we know he's incredibly talented. Going as a junior, um, he averaged 107 uh, in his last uh, season. And he is a Swans Academy product, and we know how much work that the Swans put into into those sort of boys. And he's really one that I'm really keen on uh, over someone like Will Gould now. Uh, what about you, Patch? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I'm on the Goulden train. I'm on the Campbell train. I'm on the Gould train. I'm on the McDonald train if he plays because we're we're running, like, are they going to be rookies? Like, literally anyone the Swans throw at us will be someone I'll I'll look heavily at selecting. But in terms of Supercoach output, I know Goulden, you know, as a junior, just absolutely racked it up. Um, you know, a lot shorter as an AFL prospect. Um, you know, not as heavy, you know, first season. Um, hasn't quite got the tank i'm not sure um to to maybe run out the year but Braden campbell i think is someone who um will play a less sort of less inside role less possession heavy role but they've they've floated him playing off halfback and and running through the middle and on a wing and my god can that boy kick he's just <laughs> looks incredible you know elevated price 190k but he's the one i think will play more games than golden this year um but, um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll see how we go with uh, with getting Campbell in the side. Yeah, and just on Errol Golden, seems to have pushed past the likes of Campbell and Gould for round one. Mm. Um, yeah, well, I especially mean, but... to take over the role that Wicks, Foot, and Elijah Taylor all rotated through in twenty twenty. I mean, that, that's not to say that all three of them can't be named. And I think we'll see Goulden and Campbell both there, but Will yeah, Gould seems agreed. to have dropped off the face of the earth. And Damo, you, you're a bit of a rookie whisperer. Have you heard, you know, is his fitness still an issue, which it was last year? Is... I've actually heard that Gold, Gould and Goulden are the two to look at. Um, Campbell is probably back of the line at the moment. Okay. Are, are they going to draft a Gouldist? Next season? Oh, you'd, you'd hope so. You'd hope that that way they get the Gould, Goulden, or Goulder, Goulderer, Gouldest. Just, just moving on. Moving right just... along. Um, <laughs> Logan McDonald. We, we love the there. intent. Love the intent. Um, Logan McDonald is the other one worth mentioning. Potentially won't play early, but, you know, if Reed, you know, Reed going down with an injury would never happen. Can't imagine it ever happening, but he might be in the frame for a couple of early games with Buddy also on the sidelines. 190k, don't think you'd pick him as a key forward in a rebuilding side. My trap is Tom Hickey. I don't think I need to say anything more. Probably not. Damo wholeheartedly agree because he was also my trap. Uh, 261k in Supercoach. Was the number one ruck 
against GWS in the practice game. But, geez, you never know with Sydney what the ruck setup is going to look like with uh, Callum Sinclair still around in the mix. I still think Sinclair is probably the one that they'll look at. Um, so be very wary on Tom Hickey, even though he did look the goods against GWS. What's your thoughts, Batch? Bad. Just don't like the last five seasons he's had the average 82, 74, 89, 78, 54 last year from just the three games. I like hasn't played a full 22 in his career. I no, don't just don't, don't just don't, don't do it. And is he also your trap? No, I have Isaac Heaney down as my trap for the reasons you mentioned when you listed him as a pass. I think Heaney will will snare a lot of people in. I think there's a decent chance he, you know, he has a big game against the Giants in the the practice match next week, and the people just come come into the honey trap wanting value, which I guess he kind of is, but is don't do it to yourselves, people. Just don't don't go. The other one I had down was Lance Franklin. Will tempt people if he's named round one. Don't do it. Just don't do nap. it to yourself. Just nap. Don't. Yep. Don't nap. No, 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 no. Okay. My pass is Josh Kennedy for the reasons that most people, that Azza listed him as his knock. I trust. Luke Parker more than I trust Josh Kennedy, obviously, because Luke Parker is my lock. Um, but, yeah, I think Josh Kennedy is the one who's going to be moved out of that midfield first. Yeah, but I think that's more, I think that's that's fair enough. I think that you're yep. on the money there. Yeah. Azza, who's your pass? Uh, he's already been mentioned. It's an easy one, and that's Lance Franklin. Say no more. And Patch? Um, I'm going to list two of them in the back line. We've, we've spoken about Lloyd. Oh, we've spoken rebel. about Mills. Um, Jordan Dawson was the, the darling of preseason last year. Just not quite sure where his best position in that side is. You know, will the consistency be there? 458K, arguably his value, but I'd rather, you know, give him some time and pick him up in the middle of the year, even if that means paying an extra, you know, 80 to 100k more for him just to get that security and the other one is dane rampy who despite being the club captain this year i'm just not convinced will you know will increase his scoring output i think there's better options around that 500k mark if you look at a, a doherty or, or jump down to a duggan or a williams i think you know with a Lear leaving um and a few other you know just a few other shuffles happening in that back line i think he you know plays proper fullback and doesn't get the freedom to do as much as he, you know, as much climbing up goalposts as he has in the past. I'm not bitter about that. <laughs> Clearly not. No, no, I don't know why anyone would mention the the fact that he climbed a goalpost and robbed Essendon. So there you have it. We've gone through our locks, our knocks, our bolters, our breakouts, our rookies, our traps, and our passes. Any final comments from you boys? Just lock in Jake Lloyd and be, and that's it. <laughs> I think that's it for me. I mean, um, we've gone through them pretty, cons- you know, pretty well for Sydney. I think there's a some value to be found there, but uh, in a nutshell, it, there's a bit of still inconsistencies in their midfield. There's still probably a few question marks over those mid-price players that probably aren't as good as other teams. But uh, yeah, for me, it's 
Jake Lloyd and Callum Mills, the, uh, the two Sydney boys that are currently in my side, along with Errol Goulden and Braden Campbell. And Patch, any final please comments? Please, God, please, God, horse, just give us the rookies. Just I don't care <laughs> if you play all of the rest of them out of position and stuff everything else up. Just give us, like, just please give us some rookies. Give us Gould, give us Campbell, give us Goulden. Maybe give us someone else out of nowhere, like a Malachi Carruthers. Is that how you pronounce his name? Your your man from the rookie draft last year, Damo. Malachi Carruthers. Carruthers, that's it. it. Like, bring him out of nowhere to play or something. I don't know. Please, just please give us rookies, horse. The only other thing would be to thank Telebeats for the intro music and uh, implore you, wonderful listener of the podcast, to check out supercoachchampion.com. We've uh, got a snazzy discount code. Don't we, Damo? Yep, the discount code is JR2021 for free same-day delivery to all Jock Reynolds listeners. Um, I'll also plug the Jock Reynolds group code. So it's not a league, it's a group, and we'll put that code in the post on the main website. Yep, check out the website, leave some comments, leave some reviews on the old podcast and whatever app you're listening on. I assume it's on all of the apps. Um, and, yeah, come come check us out on the old internets, on the website, on Twitter. It's good stuff. See you next time, community.